When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you're listening right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hampgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. Good morning to you, Redmond. Good morning, Patrick. And I spent a bit of time with you before I went away. I am on holidays in sunny Queensland at the moment. so uh, your luck. I, uh, your luck. I, um, I spent a bit of time with you before I left and I was actually pretty impressed with how you were wandering around the house. You were wandering actually around the house, which the week before you were crutching around the house. True. <laughs> so you've yep. moved on. Fill us in, give us a bit of the uh, injury update and how is the recovery process and what is going on because us Cats fans want to know and the Cats fans who aren't fans, they also want to know <laughs> why because I don't want you to come back. <laughs> well, I think it's about 20, 21, 22 days now. So it's been since the surgery. So uh, it's amazing how quickly it improves. That was one part that really sort of shocked me going from a week where everything was really quite sore every time I put my foot down, um, you know, you'd have pain. And and for those that aren't aware, I've had uh, syndesmosis surgery, which is basically when there's a bit of separation between your tibia and fibula. There's a bit of a split through that and then um, it's all around the ankle um, that they've sort of gone in and, and fixed up. And over the last week, like the, the improvement from being able to not do much to be able to, you know, basically run on the Ultra-G machine. The Ultra-G machine basically is a machine that takes away certain percentages of your body weight. So you can run at 80%, 70%, 60% of your body weight. So you're not really stressing your your body, but you're able to start to replicate the the movements that you do. I'd be able to run 10K on that if you did my body weight to 0%. (laughs) Anyone would just... It's like I put it at 10% when I first started moving again to try and get the, the rhythm of walking. And it's like walking on the moon. It's... It's a really quite an odd feeling. Yeah, so um, that's been good. It's all moving in the, the right sort of direction. We've seen a lot of syndesmosis injuries, um, you know, over the last couple of years. There's been a huge... Joel? Joel had it, did he? Joel had yeah. it. And we see a lot in the NRL as well. So, um, you know, five years ago, it would have been diagnosed as a high ankle sprain. Now we... We know a lot more about it. So that's where I'm at. So hopefully it means. How many weeks? Less that's the question. And, How many weeks? Well, the. I'll ask the tough questions. Initially, initially it's, it's eight weeks, but I'm hoping for a couple more weeks. Play another couple more weeks. Yeah, it's exciting because yeah. that's a long slide. I mean, they're going all right. No, don't worry about that. <laughs> we are going well. Now let's get to your week in fishing because you are away in sunny Queensland at the moment, but you've got a few. Uh, you got a few men on the ground that are uh, they're giving us our report this week. I do. I've got uh, my co-workers at Soul Guide doing a bit of dirty work for me at the moment, which is nice of the boys to cover me so I can have a little bit of a break with Kari and little Finn. And they reckon the whiting is just going fantastic, Pat. So that's great to see. It's um, 
as these tides get bigger and bigger, they'll continue to get better and better. And I don't know that's how. Like, Gwaine was saying they're bloody fantastic. And we're going to have Gwaine on today to take us through what's actually biting and how to approach the next couple of weeks, which is going to be a really good chat. So stay tuned for that. Uh, the Calamari in Westernport, they're going fantastic. Gwaine reckons there's some monsters among, in the deep water off Westernport there, so I'll ask Gwaine a little, bit, a little bit about that as well in the chat. And also, you've got uh, Port Phillip Bay Calamari fishing. It, it's safe to say it went a little bit dead for some reason over summer. Like You could still get them, but instead of doing three or four drifts for 15 Calamari, you were doing bloody heaps more like it was ridiculous so they've come they've come good only a few drifts and you can get your bait or something to eat for that night uh the gummies offshore they're going really well as well but as this water gets colder and colder the mcgillas are going to come out and they're going to start to really uh interrupt your gummy fishing so when you do get a seven gill on the line you can really tell the difference because quite often in the bite they're a sluggish bite it looks very similar to a gummy shark but it's more of a whacking, like it's a bigger whack because they're obviously quite long. Yeah, so they yeah. whack through the rod. And then when you're fighting them, they're more of a, it's more of a weight fight with a couple of runs rather than uh, big runs with uh, with controlled weight. So with a gummy, you tend to get a run, then it swims to the boat and it's swimming. You can control it around, like an, I guess, in a zigzag pattern where your seven gills more, you're straight up and down, you're lifting, they'll take a run, and then you slowly lift that weight back up. If you're listening to this in any... <laughs> Northern part of Australia, you're saying, hang on, shark fishing, eating, <laughs> no good. We don't want that. Gummy shark's one of the great tasting fish. But and com- sports fish. And But compared to a uh, seven gill? Yep. They're pig of a thing. Yeah, they are. And if you do want to eat a seven gill, a good method to eat them. I'd, I, I've tried it. I had to try it one time just because I'd, I like to try everything and when I tried it, I found it was very watery and on the mushier side of things. It wasn't yep. enjoyable. It was like, oh, it sort of grossed you out a yeah, little the bit. Consistency of the flesh is it's just, just not there. Yeah, yep. where if you do want to get a bit of consistency in the flesh and make it that bit more dried out and more like a gummy, but it's not quite, is it actually takes a bit of a process. So when you fill the fish, fill it, you fill it your seven gills, stay up from the skin about, oh, it was quite thick, say maybe just under a centimeter. Yep. Stay up above the so you what happens is between the skin and the uh, actual flesh itself is quite red and that's the strong taste in the in your in your fish which I cut out of gummy I cut it out of everything even the, the kingfish I cut that red out whatever's between the skin and the flesh and basically take your flesh off cut it into proportions that you want to eat put it in the fridge pat on a baking rack yep and you cover the top of it with a tea towel. And put a baking tray, so you got your rack, and put the tray underneath it for, say, three days, two to three days, and let the water seep out of the fish into the actual tray. And you'll see how much water you collect. And that'll actually dry the, the meat out a bit so it becomes a lot more edible. Uh, the way I look at it is they're boring to catch. They don't do much when you catch them, which is takes a fair bit out of my fishing game because the enjoyment of people catching them is what I, I, I really like to see. And also... The fact that they're not that good of eating, it's not worth the effort for me when you can catch mm. a gummy shark. So uh, I like to just cut them off, release them, let them go, which we should start keeping some to eat because there's so many of them around at the moment, Pat. <laughs> but they aren't, like I said, so that's the best way you can go about uh, treating a seven-gill shark. Uh, we spoke uh, a couple of weeks ago that we saw the first uh, glimpses of Land Cruiser's new 300 series. The current 200 series has been in production for um close to 14 years now, uh, released this week, uh, I think it was on Cars Guide, uh, the 
we're, we're basically almost at the official revealing of it and these latest renders leave very little to the imagination. The first photos captured, they were horrible. to say, we, we, we had a lot of feedback on last uh, on two weeks ago's show around how uh, our listeners don't exactly love the look of the new Land Cruiser and it is an iconic Australian car. Um, the latest renders certainly proved to be more conservative in its styling. It doesn't look a huge sort of looks like a Range hugely, Rover. Hugely different to the two hundred series, but it's pretty impressive. It, yeah, it sort of looks a bit boxy like it doesn't look bad at all there, but look, look Range Rovery like with that front box I reckon. Well you almost need like a fly rod sitting on top of it. With a pair of uh, Ray-Bans. Now, <laughs> we wanted to focus uh, a lot today, Redmond, uh, on Garfish. Now, they're in really good numbers at the moment, but there is a bit of a knack to going about catching them. Um, they're a great fish to get kids into fishing, and they're actually a really nice tasting fish. You just don't need to be put off by the bones because there's ways around uh, filleting and cooking them that doesn't always necessarily mean filleting them, but you can get uh, a great result uh, on the pan. Yeah, you're spot on. And we're going to do a whole review today in this segment, actually. We're going to talk about from your burley to your rod to the tackle you need right through to the bait you need and the areas to actually go out there and target them. But we'll talk about cleaning at the end. We'll start with, first of all, uh, what you need to catch them. So number one, burley. I think burley is probably the most, it's nearly more crucial than a hook to tell you the honest truth, Pat. So you need a small plastic burley cage. So what I mean by that is you've got your big lead cage that we use for uh, use for the widening and whatnot in tide. You can use that if you want to use that. But the problem with that is the holes are quite big. And even with the mesh, the gutter mesh that comes with it when you buy it, it's still probably on that bigger side of it. So for a few bucks, I think you're at 10 or 12 bucks, Pat. Any tackle store, Kmart. Aldi, Aldi has everything, don't they? So pretty much any store you go to. You can buy a boat at Aldi. <laughs> you, you can buy one of these little garfish. And what they often come with is, uh, what do you call it? I guess it's like a mesh a mesh sock, I guess you can find yep. in it, which lets out a very fine mist of your burley. Now you can make your burley yourself. You can get a loaf of bread and you can, or a packet of breadcrumbs and tip it in there with a bit of tuna oil. That's going to work. Or you can buy a packet of already pre-made burley for garfish from your tackle store for probably around that 10 to $15 as well. So that there's what I'll be doing because I'm a little bit on the lazy side, but that's what I'll be doing is buying them. That comes pre-mixed with your tuna oil and what you need to be in that burley as such. Uh, Make sure that it comes out small. That is the crucial bit, as I said to you before. You don't want big bits coming out of that lead cage because you don't want them feeding on it as such. It's there to tease them. Yep. So make sure... You want to bring them into you. You want to bring them to you so they come in and they have a little feed on what's there, but that bit of bait that comes through them is what they want to eat. Number two, oh, with your burley as well, you want to, you know, so we're not whiting fishing. We don't want it on the bottom. We want it up on the burley, hence the plastic cage will work. So if you're on a boat or off a pier, just have it just on the surface of the water so you can shake it and it, it, it rattles out what you need to come out of the burley cage. Number two, a rod. Just use your whiting rod. It's going to save you a dollar or three. You can go get an extremely light rod if you really wanted to. Most whiting rods are well and truly more than enough to catch a, a feed of garfish. It's not going to cost you, like I said, anything more. And with a 2,500 reel with uh, your... Uh, 10-pound braid, for instance, that you use in the whiting, it's going to work a treat. But this is the more important part that comes down to your rod, which I will talk a little bit in a minute as into depth. But you just want maybe 6-pound litre, not 12, because we're not fishing for whiting. Uh, number three, the tackle you need is light litre, and that's between 4 to 8-pound. I, I average it out at 6-pound. 
Four gets very tricky to work with, Pat. Four-pound line You're is a You're talking knots and those Knots and even just yeah. tangles like when it f- wraps on itself and whatnot. It's a pain in the backside. Six pounds, that little bit thicker. Eight pounds, that little bit thicker. It's getting a bit too much. Yep. So six pounds the go-to. But I definitely wouldn't be going any more than eight pound. Uh, pencil float, crucial. That's going to also help you catch more. The reason for that is it's going to keep your bait in the strike zone longer and it's also going to notify you when you've got a fish. So a pencil float is crucial. And it looks exactly like it sounds. It's basically a (laughs) pencil-looking device that you can get in any good tackle store. Spot on. And you probably nearly get them in any bad tackle store too. That's how many people (laughs) sell. Um, You need little float stoppers. Now, this is another crucial element to it. A float stopper actually stops the float from going uh, up your line. And it sounds simple, but you need to control the depth of what your bait's in. So if you're fishing off a pier, for instance, and say off the end of the pier it's quite deep, you need to get you. You might have to get your bait down that little bit further. So you've pushed that stopper up your leader, and I run about a four to five meter wind on leader. The reason for that is is so I can adjust that float in, float um, stopper to where I want it. And not only that is if you try casting your line out with braid anywhere near that float, where it can when you, you know when you do a big cast, and mm. if that touches the braid and braid wraps around that light leader and that uh, float that you've got tied on attached to it. Game over. You're done. It tangles that bloody easy. You, you, you just can't, you can't do it. So make sure you've got a nice wind-on leader. Uh, you want a small pea sinker, and this controls the stand-up of the float. So you've got your float stopper, then you've got your float, which just attaches up and down that nice bit of, between the stopper and the swivel. But between the swivel and the float, you need to have a pea sinker pad. The pea sinker is crucial. And what that will do is, depending on the tide you're fishing and the wind and whatnot, you might need a size a one or a size zero or a size two. You need to judge on the day, but you want that pencil float sitting upright in the water. You can have a slight bend to it, but that will be controlled by your size sinker that you do want to use. Uh, like I said, you want to get it standing up tall so you can see when you get that bite. A swivel is then underneath that underneath that um, little swivel, a little pea sinker that sits above that's what sits above the swivel there, which then attaches to your leader on the other side of the swivel. You just need maybe a meter, not even a meter of that, half a meter of that, which is your six pound leader once again, and you need a small hook. So a Gamagatsu uh, fourteen octopus hook will work. Size fourteen, it is small, but they are so sharp they catch you so so many fish. And number four, the bait we're going to use is silverfish little bit of pippies or pilly, and they all work extremely well. And some of the places that are red hot at the moment, Frankston Pier is fishing really, really well, which is great for the land-based guys. Mornington's not far off. Swan Bay Pier is fishing really well. Clifton Springs is starting to see them fish well too. And if you're in the boat, Swan Bay once again is fishing good. Out the front of St. Leonard's is fishing on fire uh, for garfish at the moment. They're quite big too. And then we're going to see massive numbers in the next week or so from Mount Martha to Mornington, where they were last year. Can, can, they were so condensed in these areas. People going out and getting their bags every single day because they're extremely good to eat. And if you do want to learn how to those, clean them... Those based in South Australia at the moment as well, right along sort of Grange to Henley Beach, um, you're getting it at dusk as well. Even though it is cold at the moment, they are there. And yep. 
really easy to catch. You can basically scoop and dip for them. Oh, there's that many of them. Yep. yep. <laughs> it's um, it's, it's a good thing thing to do spotlighting too, which is for another story, Pat. But we'll save that for another time. And when you are cleaning them, they can be a bit of a prick. The easiest thing to do, honestly, is jump onto the Salt Guide website and log in and type in how to clean a garfish, and we will show you exactly how. Because for me to try and explain to you how to butterfly and trim around the spine, and then use a butter knife to cut the ribs out, it's hard to explain. So make sure you do log into your Salt Guide membership. Check out exactly how to do it and enjoy one of the tastiest fish on offer in Victoria. Got a massive show of Real Adventures coming your way this morning. Gwaine Blake joins us a little later in the show. Up next is The Social Club. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for The Social Club where we take your questions from social media you've got a question for Aaron or myself, make sure you send it into our Real Adventures social pages or better yet, download our Real Adventures app. Uh, and if you send in a question and we announce it as our winner, any time over the next couple of months, we're giving away a real brand fishing shirt and a real brand hat every single week. So send them in your chance to win. First question is from Henry. Hey, Red, when you go on holiday, do you go fishing? That's what most of us do when we go away. You do it for work, so do you fish or do you stay away? That's a good question. So I'm currently sitting in Queensland. Because every time we, we go away <laughs> together, we go away fishing places. So It's a, it's a good question. I, the Kari actually said to me before I go, she goes, oh, do you want to go out on, on a charter or do you want to go fishing or hire a boat or anything? I'm like, no. So I don't, I don't. I just want to drink my Jamison by the pool and have a good time. <laughs> that's what I want to do. That, that's relax and whatnot. And then I'm up here. Well, I suppose now it's a different story. <laughs> but it depends on where you're um, what you're fishing for because a lot of what you do it's helping anglers yep. to catch your staples of whiting snapper calamari gummy sharks tuna blah, blah, tuna blah. Yep. Um, and and then the the seasonal fish like kingfish and a few others um, you know they're the ones that people love to fish for but often struggle with and that's what salt guide um, is all about but there's so much more to fishing than just those species. And those species are, are fundamentally Port Phillip Bay sort of species where there's a huge fishery for, for it and market for it. But nationally, like we had huge, great fun fishing for barra and fishing at different places around the, the country and you get just a, a, a different kick in, in certain ways. 100%. And I think where I have my fun is working something out. That's what I like to enjoy. So what I mean by that is I don't really want to go out there on a charter boat like yep. that's not what I want to do. I don't think I'll enjoy going with five other, eight other people and yep. sitting there and dropping down because I know how it all works. Yep. But I've just found out a friend of mine has a, uh, who owns the place that we're staying at, his cousin lives up here and he's got a boat. So this has changed my plans a little bit here, Patrick, <laughs> while I'm in Mooloola Bar. I'll tell you what. So, uh, yes, it's. Uh, I think I'll be venturing out on the boat in a couple of days. He's going to take me out fishing and – he, uh, he's, he's actually pretty keen to fish for me. He goes, I want to learn off you. I'm like, I've never been here before. He's like, you'd be right. So I'm heading out to the reefs out there <laughs> and we're going to have a bit of fun out there, I think. So Kari doesn't mind me going fishing, which I'm lucky, that, lucky she lets me go and do what I want sort of thing, which is nice on the fishing side of things. Because like you said before, when you and I did cans and whatnot, and it's different, I had the time in my life. And we had producers, because we are filming a show, saying we've got to be in for this and this. Me and yeah. you are looking at each other like... Shut up, idiot. Like, we're not going in. <laughs> You're not seeing what we're catching right now? We've got GTs trying to eat our feet. Like, come on, we'll stay here. So, But you got to do it because it's 
producing work, a show. And you, you're on a really limited time frame. That's right. So basically what I'm trying to say is Kari might not see me for the next four days while we're up on holidays. Well, that's what Tassie will be at the end of the year. Next year of Tasmania. But the ability to go out and fish for tuna. How much were those babysitters places. again that we've organised? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, no, it's uh, I definitely am going to get out for a fish there, Henry, and I'm I'm actually really looking forward to it because it is beautiful up here, and uh, I some different fish to like you said, but I catch as well. Next question is from Lenny. Hey, danger! I don't like this question. Where the bloody hell is your boat? Ha ha, Lenny. There's been a fair bit on, mate. So it's I haven't been great in getting back to you've the, been shocking in getting back to Andrew Stephen from Melbourne Marine. Nor getting back to Rob Cunning from or uh, myself or yourself that <laughs> has put my Lex- my electronics uh, package together. Um, yeah, so it, it is very close now. I actually spoke to Andrew before I came up to Queensland, and uh, Andrew reckons June to June boat to June baby. Well, it might coincide, funnily enough, with the opening of Melbourne Marine's new. Um, New facilities, new digs. It looks fascinating in the photos. <laughs> it is. It is. It's like it is, five times the size of their other joint. <laughs> it is absolutely massive. It will be, you know, without doubt, one of the, the great leading showroom. or one of the the leading showrooms in the state. It, it is absolutely enormous. So Melbourne Marines, and we're going to be there for the the official um, opening. Well, you know, actually take real adventures on the road. So we're looking forward to that. But it is massive. But the big trouble that they've had. Uh, is is getting stock? He said it's, it's one thing to, you know, to launch the new facilities, and and this is what every dealer right around the country is having massive issues with, and they're good issues to have, just getting available stock. It is, and I know uh, I've got friends that work at Geelong Marine World. Gibbsy, he's my best mate. He's just constantly of a night thinking, I'm like, he's, I'm like, what are you doing on your phone? He's like, I'm trying to find stock. I'm trying to get engines into the country. Like, there's literally stock has been pushed back to like end of June and whatnot, and that was a few months ago. So, like, and that's where it comes back to, you know, if you want a uh, a North Bank or or um, a Veach or Haynes or, or whatever it might be. Um, it, it takes time to process. Mate, these a Stacer orders. can't even. Stacer's sold out to the end of like the year. Well, I was about to say the alternative is Stacer, Quintrex, and these pressed aluminium boat manufacturers. But <laughs> Tellwater themselves are having enough trouble trying to fill orders. You know, two years ago, you're sort of looking around the eleven thousand units a year. I would be fascinated to see where they're at and where they're sort of forecasting for because it's one thing to forecast for a certain amount of produced boats in a year, but you've got to actually have the amount of, you know, people to be able to service the construction of them, manufacture it in the right way, quality control, all those sorts of things. So the challenges within the industry are, are, are quite fascinating. And I mean, it's a great thing for, for recreational boating. It means there's a lot of people that are really interested uh, in it. Hopefully it means with a really high demand um, it will eventually drive prices down. At the moment, it's going the other way. Redmond, we're seeing the second-hand boat market being flooded with boats that are, you know, asking what I think is well above their, their buying price. Should be yeah. buying price, but I had a uh, friend a uh, couple of months or not even a month ago now. He sold his Land Cruiser. First time ever, or he ever thought that he'd actually make money on a second-hand car. Yeah, he sold ridiculous. it for a Land Cruiser. He sold it. It was a hundred thousand dollars, a hundred thousand k's he'd done on it, and he sold it more than what he actually bought it for. Yep. How incredible is that? And secondhand a car should make it makes no sense, but and that was from a dealership too, who's trading. So imagine what the dealership's putting on top of that. So it's phenomenal. Well, that's why we're seeing dealers selling brand new cars that have done 
10, <laughs> 10 Ks uh, in the second-hand lots for more than what you could order in a car for. Oh, it's bizarre. Because wait times are so far. Like you said, it's great for fishing, though. It's uh, for the industry in itself. It's booming out of control. Brent, hey, boys. Uh there are updates for my sonar unit. What are your thoughts on updating them regularly? Is it worth it? Yes, yeah, so what Brent makes, means here is uh, whatever unit you have, Lawrence, Simrad, Garmin, now Furuno. Everything all, now everything. sends updates. It's yeah. like your phone, software update for iPhone, which don't do it because they break 80% of the time. But make sure that when you do get your updates out on – there's certain updates. There's big updates and small updates. Yep. So the smaller updates probably aren't I, – I always get the notification through my Garmin app – through, and that tells me there's an update and some take a minute to download and some take an hour to download and they're obviously the bigger ones and I'm fortunate enough my car my boat sits alongside my house as such so I can leave my leave it the units on and do it from my you can do it Wi-Fi yeah you do it through my Wi-Fi so it attaches yeah, straight to so I don't actually have to and they advise you to try and do it through Wi-Fi because obviously it uses a lot of downloads absolutely so yeah I just hook straight through my so it actually goes so I actually download it through the Garmin app the active I actually download the update through my phone and then I'll hook my phone up to the unit and hit update. And it's and already it and it transfers it onto my unit. Gotcha. So that's how I update all my Garmin and whatnot. Um, a nipper, a friend of mine with his Simrad during the week, they bought a new update out. Simrad did a couple of weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago. He had to, uh, he didn't know how to update it. I said, you actually got to get it because the update's so big. Uh, with Simrad, you've got to use the SD card. A bit more of a pain in the backside, but you get to use the SD card and transfer it from a computer to your SD card, then to your unit to update it. And what updates could do, updates, and, and you and I spoke about this um, a couple of weeks ago before I went away, is it's like when you have a computer, the next year they bring something out, it's like that computer before they, the one, the model before, everything doesn't work, nothing works on it. Like it's like yep. if for some reason something just doesn't work, it must be like the update that comes on it is only suitable for the next model. And that's the same with like with your, with your Simrads, for instance. If you, not your Simrads, sorry, any electronics, Garmin, Simrad, whatnot, when an update comes out, for some reason you might lose bottom on your sounder here and there in bits and pieces, but you update it and it actually fixes it. Yep. So speaking of Lee, he goes, I need to update my units. I'm dropping out with my channel. He updates his units. I had a problem with my Well, they're always with my trouble, trouble fixing That's things. right. Because the amount of tech that goes into it yep. is significant. And they troubleshoot and they actually fix the problems that you are having. So... Brent, to answer your question is you need to update them regularly. I update mine as soon as the notification, bang, update, transfer the next time I go out. It might be two days later if I'm going out two days later. But it is definitely well worth updating your whatever unit you have regularly because it will fix bugs and it will troubleshoot the problems that you might be having in rather than spending, say, four or $500 taking it to a dealership for them to try and fix I reckon that's our question of the week, that one, Reb. I reckon it is a good question because uh, a lot of people don't update their units and i getting doing the guides again now. I had a guy the other week with a Lowrance. It was running a bit slow and I said to him, mate, it's a great unit you've got. You just need to update it. Yeah. He went home, updated it, went out and he goes, mate, that was the easiest fix I've ever done. <laughs> he goes, so that's that's all it is. He's so basically updating, updating, updating. It's going to uh, continually update your mapping system and a mapping system is very important because you can use your contours to find fish before you go fishing. So make sure you do update things. Uh, well done, Brent. I think you've won your Real Brand apparel. That's right, Real Brand hat and a Real Brand fishing top. That wraps up the social club. If you've got a question for Aaron or I, make sure you're sending it into our Real Adventures Facebook or Instagram page or better yet, download our Real Adventures app. Up next, Gwaine Blake. All aboard for Dometic. Everything you need for adventures, big or small. Mobile living made easy. Dometic.
for all aboard for Dometic. Everything you need for adventures, big or small. Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. A special guest this morning is Salt Guide Pro Angler, Gwaine Blake. Good morning, Gwaine. Morning, boys. How are you? Going not too bad, Gwaine. The water is starting to trickle off to to cold. We'll call it cold, Pat. It's starting to get freezing. Uh, At least it's been better weather than we, what we had. What it was 120 mil across the surf coast a couple of weeks back. Yeah, so yes. it's been better than that, Redmond. <laughs> it has been, and uh, the fishing has been still very, very good, uh, Patrick. It's uh, Gwaine's been doing really, really, really well out of Western Port. Take us through what you've been catching, Gwaine, and how you've been actually targeting the fish. Okay, so we had that Arctic blast that you guys were just talking about, and we literally lost five degrees of water temp in six, seven days. So that sort of put all our summer species into you know hiding their tails and getting right out of out of here. So we've basically changed our fishing now. So we're into autumn fishing. We're targeting whiting. Uh, big calamari is starting to turn up in good numbers in the port. Quite a few good snapper again as the we, as our daylight peters off, the snapper sort of fire back up again. So the snapper have turned up in, in the port as well. And then offshore gummy fishing is, is phenomenal, as we always do this time of year in autumn. We get those beautiful spells of weather, you know, four or five days straight, where you can just head offshore and catch those big gummies. How do we go about targeting those big calamari? Everyone loves catching calamari, whether it's the bait stocks or freezer stocks to eat. How do we go about targeting them in Western Port? So the easiest way I explain it is you get on your maps, either your Garmin maps or your Navionics, and you look for the green zones. What the green zones is, is that's that one to three metres of water. And if you can find a bigger bigger area where it's green, what that means is there's a gentle sloping bank, so there's less current or less erosion in that area, and that's where the calamari are going to go into those areas and spawn and feed. So tyre bank, quail bank, down at Cleland Bight and Flinders. So those are the sort of areas we look for them. And most of it is about three to sort of seven metres of water. And then as our ocean squid move in, the calamari, those big calamari move in, they'll, they'll stay at the entrances. So we get them in Cat Bay, Flinders, and down at San Remo and Cleland Bight. And, and those areas can vary in depth from anywhere from sort of three to four metres right through to 18 metres of water. It's just about you know, putting the time in and fishing those slower tide stages throughout the moon phase, and that's where we get those bigger squid in numbers. You mentioned snapper off the start of this segment there, Gwaine. Are these snapper sitting in Western Port waiting for this water temperature, or do you reckon they're offshore fish coming into the port? What are your thoughts on that, and how do you go about targeting them? Um, they're definitely fish that have moved in and out the bay because we've tagged fish in Western Port and later that year, so you know, tagged them in, say, September and by November, December, they're getting caught in Port Phillips. So they're definitely moving between the two. Um, target them, you've just got to use your sounder, find those reefs, generally up around the top end. So it's either from sort of um, Eagle Rock right up towards Lang Lang and obviously back down the other way from Lang Lang down to Coronella. They're the sort of areas to look for them. You've got to sound them up, and anchoring's really important. You've got to get within sort of 10 metres of distance away from those fish 
preferably downtide from you, so you're casting the bait back to them and just sit on them and wait for them to be because they're not as ravenous as they are during spawning season. They might just take two or three hours to actually start feeding, so it's not something you're going to get frantic fishing, but you know there's been some fish caught this week up to 92 centimetres, so there's some actually good snapper around. Now, one thing you and I both love to catch, probably one of our favourite species, is obviously the uh, the whiting and the whiting, the autumn whiting in Western Port. You get some absolute stonkers. Yeah, they're really fat fish. When you actually clean them, they'll have like nearly a centimetre of um, fat in their stomach linings. So they're really fat, healthy fish. At the moment, they're sort of midway down the north arm south, and, and as the water temperature gets colder, they'll just head more towards. Bass Strait, and that's a more stable water pattern. So, I think Bass Strait outside moment's about sixteen and a half degrees. Top end of the port down to nearly fourteen, fourteen and a half. So the fish are slowly moving back down to that warmer, more stable climate. You're listening to Real Adventures, and that is the voice of our special guest this morning, Gwaine Blake, who is also. Uh, as well as being a salt guide pro angler, a professional fishing guide, he'll come on your boat and take you through how to launch, how to drive it, how to assess conditions and how to chase particular fish. What is it people are looking for uh, at the moment, Gwaine, in terms of what to chase? Are you recommending this is what this is what's fishing well, let's chase those? Or is it you know, people still have something on their mind that they really want to go out and catch a school tuna or, or have their mind fixated on something? Yeah, it's a difficult one. We've had, obviously, we've come out of COVID now, or hopefully we have. There's a lot of new boat owners starting to turn up, which is a great thing. So a lot of them are just getting, want to go out and get to know the areas and get to know their boats. So I'm doing all that sort of stuff, doing their sounder setup, making sure all that's working properly and then going through of what they actually want to target and learn about their boat, or it's or the other ones are yeah they just want to learn how to more professionally target offshore gummies and do it well. So we're we're doing that sort of stuff too. But I've I've got three standard sort of guide options, and they just the best way to contact me is with Guane Professional Services. On that's the same on Facebook or um, Instagram. And I can just go through everything like that, find out what you've got, what electronics you've got, what boat you have, and we just work out what that boat's capable of doing, and, and we go from there. Speaking of boats, you've had uh, a long enough go of it now that you can give us an even more in-depth report on your 1850 Fisher, which is a stavy that you purchased, probably closing in on four or five months ago now, Gwaine? Yes, that's right. How have, you, um, how have you found it? What's your your sort of five-month report? Is there anything that you'd look back and go, oh, I should have changed this, but you didn't sort of understand it until you've, you know, you've sat on the boat and you've used it for a long period of time or you pretty much know you know, what you've wanted I'm, to? I'm very boat? happy with how, how the boat's performing and everything with the boat. Um, there's just a couple of little things that, that they could probably change in the design itself. It's just real simple things like where it folds down. There's an EVA um, EVA deck sort of on top of your um, gunnels and where it folds down, it just misses that EVA, so it's a rub point. So if they just increase the size of that, it's very little aesthetic things. And obviously 
I'm going to start heading further and further offshore. Next year, I really do plan to be doing a lot of more deep dropping and stuff like that. So I've just got to add that extra transfer. So that's all. Well, give us the next week, Gwaine. Uh, what are we going to be fishing for for the next week while this water gets colder before uh, Patrick wraps you up? Okay, so this week coming, we've got the new moon. So I think the new moon's coming on Wednesday next week. So we're going to get slower tides, but also this will probably be one of the best stable weather patterns you're going to get for a year. For the year, May is the most stable weather patterns you get. So I'll be heading offshore, um, doing the gummy sort of things as much as I can with the stronger currents. And then I've got those slower currents in the morning tides. So I'm going to be chasing large calamari in both Western Port and Port Phillip. It's all happening, Uh, Patrick. It's all happening, Gwaine Blake. Professional fishing guide. He's also one of our regulars on Real Adventures. Thanks for joining us this morning, Gwaine. Thank you very much, guys. Red's Review for Club Marine. Insure your boat with Club Marine, Australia's leading provider of boat insurance. Call and ask for a PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. Right, it is now time for Red's Review for Club Marine. And I've taken it off you this week, Redmond, because I've had an addition in the Dangerfield household kitchen, and it's one that has <laughs> changed my world, and I think it's going to change your world too. I've got um, no idea what you're actually talking about. When you find, Well, you will, because when you, when you finally purchase one. But I am telling you right now, the air fryer no. will change your world. I'm Abs- actually going to disagree with you. No, 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 no. You are, you are totally wrong. I love, chi- <laughs> I love potatoes and I love chips. It's a healthy way of doing <laughs> chips. And they say you only need half a, half a teaspoon of oil. oil. It's just for the dry. No, you know what you do. You just add in normal <laughs> amount of oil. And they're sensational. And it's, and it's healthier because it's in the air fryer. Well, I don't know about that. But <laughs> it, is, that it is brilliant. And the last week, I actually cooked um, pork in it. I do, I've done pork a pork belly. belly. I've done a pork belly in it. And it was magical. Oh. It is the best thing that I've ever bought for the kitchen. Not only can you cook chips in about seven minutes. I've got a bit of controversy with you at the minute. This is uh, You don't rate it. Uh, it's convenient. I bought a Phillips one. It's convenient. One. I think, for, I think it was from the good guys, and it was like the extra large yeah. version. So it was about $400, maybe a little bit more. So it was, it was pretty expensive. But I use it almost every night. Like roasted cauliflower <laughs> is just sensational. <laughs> I'm telling you now, for those that are looking to add to their sort of culinary experience, add in a air fryer. Now, there's stacks <laughs> of different brands that you can buy. I saw them the other day at Aldi. I bought uh, one for my mother-in-law who's their oven had cucked it for a bit. $39. It's still working. <laughs> it is, they are brilliant. We're going to have to have a discussion after this, I think. Mate, I'm not saying you have to cook in it every time. I'm just saying it is an option <laughs> to add to your kitchen. And when you've got kids and you just, oh, I just need something they convenient. quickly, bang, incredibly convenient. There's your- How did you do the pork belly? Did you remember how you did it? Well, normally if I put it in the oven, I put it in like a tray of milk. Okay, yeah. Halfway up. Yep. But in the air fryer, just popped it in. Had the the blade, used a blade to cut through the, yep. the strips on the yep. top, stack of um, salt. salt to really crisp it up, and it it cooks it perfectly. I don't always nail it in the oven. I can't get that crackle right. Versus, I'm yep. telling you, in the air fryer, you can't, it nails it. The, the only the only constraint is the size of your air fryer. To how to much you those can cook. big pork bellies, you mm. can't quite get it. But they are convenient. I'll give you that. 
you can get them basically anywhere. Middle I'm have aisle. to get Sam Goodwin to have a conversation with you. We I can, haven't spoke to Sam about the air fryer yet because yeah. I'm a bit. I'm a bit. Let's get him on next week. We'll, yeah, all right. We haven't spoken to Sammy for we'll a while. We'll go in depth. Anyway, if you're interested <laughs> in adding it to your kitchen, I bought one from the good guys. It was about 400 bucks. It was a Phillips one. You can walk the middle I think it's aisle the same one that we've got. In Aldi, Phillips. and it's $39. You can get them at Kmart. You can get them everywhere. And if you've got kids and you're want to, and you you're a dad at home that's useless, like most of us, well, you are, Aaron, Fair call. pop it in, <laughs> press play, a little bit of oil, and you've got kids for the chips. Stole my review, and I'm not happy with in, the review. In under 10 minutes. <laughs> that is Red's Review. That was Red's Review for Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Get a quote from Club Marine, Australia's leading provider of boat insurance. Call or search Club Marine to find out more. Ask for a PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for Red's tip. What do you have for us, Redmond? Patrick, we go on a family holiday each year. Yes, now, you do. Um, usually one we with do. Your, one with yourself and then I try yep. and sneak away with one with my family and Kari's family. Yep. And uh, we're away in Queensland at the moment. Yep. And Kari wanted to go away during the summer months. Now, my argument is, why would you go away somewhere warmer? in the summer months that we have here, when it is warm here already, and I can go fishing with my T-shirt and my shorts, why would I go away and leave here to somewhere even warmer again, which I'm probably not going to like as much? Or you could do what I've done, Patrick. Red's tip is go away during the winter months when we've got a 126.4 mil of rain that we've just had. It's 13 (laughs) degrees outside, and I'm in Queensland talking to you right now, and it's nearly 24 degrees, and it's only seven in the morning. I couldn't agree more. Unless if you're going to go in, in summer, that's fine. But go somewhere cold then. So at least yeah, make, so it, yeah. so it makes sense. <laughs> yes, that's least. right. So make, Don't go somewhere where it's the same temperature. contradicting a, yourself. A so different spot. Yeah, so the red tip this week is when you're planning your next family holiday, make sure it's the opposite temperature that you're going. And then, then you'll have a really happy um, family holiday, just like Aaron does when he goes away <laughs> to a place and then fishes for the next six days. <laughs> that could happen. I'm sorry, Car. It's now time for the Flying Gaff. Patrick, take it away. Flying Gaff. Uh, this is a good one, Redmond, and we see this often on social media, and this isn't having a go. Well, maybe it no, is. No, it is having a go. <laughs> it is. It is having a go. At those people that post up a fish ID on sort of various different Facebook sites. Fish ID, please, guys. The fish is lying dead in the middle of a boat. It's been scaled, gutted. <laughs> it's been scaled, gutted. Fish ID, guys. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the rare swimming cormorant. That um, there's three of them in the world, and there's now two. Because you've, you've killed, killed it. it. <laughs> How often do we see it though? It's every all the time, every, at least once or twice a week. And if you follow a few pages around the country, which we do, it's even more. And doesn't the Mickey get take, taken out? Oh, You'll get it. a couple of guys that t- like everything, take everything seriously, like. You know, they're the sort of people that complain about. The um, well, you know, they complain about Steven Spielberg lying on top of a uh, dead triceratops. And it's like, how dare you do that? It's like, I <laughs> don't um, know where you've gone with it's, that. It's not real. It's just a picture from the actual movie, uh, Jurassic Park. You're just complaining for the sake of complaining, <laughs> which is it, which actually happens. With Aaron, do yourself a favour and read the comments when you do see a fish ID, and even get involved in the comments because, <laughs> but out of Take the picture, release the fish, so next time you catch it, you or can... Or put it in your live bait tank for the 30 seconds it takes to get a response on a Facebook page, which if you're doing it wrong, it's probably 15 seconds. It's half. <laughs> so you fellas, 
all lads or ladies, uh, receive the flying gaff this week. Thanks for your company. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week. I'm going fishing. Well, you're going to relax on the beach. <laughs> With a Jamison. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.